Now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> You're devaluing the word great if you follow for Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. You know, Wolf, I just realized I brought a hat with me today and never yeah. put it on. How could you let me walk around like a fool like this? I, I don't know, man. I'm just carrying just, a hat I around. I wanted to say something, but... Did you? Yeah. Oh. But you just cut your hair, too, so it's I kind didn't of cut like, my own hair. Somebody else cut oh, it. Oh, okay. Somebody yeah. else cut it. It kind of looks like you cut <laughs> well, it. I take that as a compliment, <laughs> but it isn't. Somebody give you the clippers. We used to make rookies do that. Cut their own hair? Cut their own hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just not shave it either. <laughs> it kind of looked bad. We used to do it on a Saturday, so Saturday night when Coach gave us off, they'd yeah. have to go out with their hair cut that way. It's kind of, if you have the clippers, though, <laughs> I had a couple friends. It's just mean. Do you know how beautiful that is? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then have to go out in public. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay, that's yeah. just not nice. Yeah, but with I, the Clippers, you can kind of do it now. If right. you if you just do the Clipper guard, you know, I mean, it just it was so bad. It it really was. I, I don't. I'm not going to go down this road. Okay. So if you're ready to say something, say something. Well, it's, I'm saying something that you wanted to because, talk about right, here. Okay. What is it? Uh, Jay Williams joined <laughs> us today. <laughs> it was funny behind the scenes, just to pull back the curtain. So, you know, Wolf, you said. Pre-show meeting, a topic that, that could be potentially pretty interesting is is do people around the league still fear the Phoenix Suns right yes. now, right? So to pull back the curtain, when we were having uh, Jay Williams on at 11, as we do every Tuesday, we were like, where should we start? Should we go NCAA? Should we start? And we both kind of decided at the last second, if we want to ask him a, that question, we should do it at the beginning because you never know what direction Jay Williams may go with some of these. Like He always gives us good stuff, yes. but that might be the whole conversation. And as it turns out, it was the whole conversation. So before I play any clips of, of Jay Will talking about this, where did this question originally come from? It just it was me thinking about the Phoenix Suns right now, even with Kevin Durant, because when you get into the postseason, what happens, right? It becomes a much more physical game, I think. Everybody would say that. It becomes a much more physical game in the postseason. And anytime you're talking about it being much more physical, you're talking about it being much more in your face. And if it's much more in your face, Basinonians, that to me, then you're talking about intimidation. And sometimes guys are not as courageous as other guys out on the floor, out on the field, out on the ice. And sometimes your performance will be impacted because you're not as courageous out on the ice, out on the floor, out on the field. Do you see how that works? And because of that, I I don't think anyone looks at the Phoenix Suns and thinks to themselves, oh man, you know what, that's... That is a scary team right there. Which I don't know is the worst thing in the world, if that's if that's right, because you then could potentially slide into that very small sweet spot of we have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and we're 
for lack of a better term, almost being overlooked. But here, you asked Jay Williams this when we had him on earlier. This is what he had to say. We have yet to see Devin Booker and CP3 and, and KD all hit their stride. Right? I think there's an element of fear, but like I, to me, Giannis is somebody who's feared. Like Giannis is feared, right? Um, because you know he's, he's going to keep coming. Like Joel Embiid is starting to be feared, I, but I don't know if too many players in the league are as feared as as those guys. Because I, I once again, the only caveat for me, Will Brown, that is Katie's injuries over the last couple of years. He's been injured a lot. Yeah, so it always feels like he's battling back, even though he hits the ground running. Like you, you do kind of wonder, like, is this going to be a theme for him at this stage of his career? That is the question right there. Is it going to be a situation where even when Kevin Durant gets back, I don't see this team getting really physical. We're already talking about falls. How much are we already talking about right now? Free throws and falls and the fact that Phoenix Suns don't get to the line a lot and yet their opponent does get to the line a lot. They've got a reputation of not being a very physical team. Once again, I I understand um, Kevin Durant has an aura. To him, And that was something that Jay Will was talking about, and rightfully so. But for me, I, I think a team that plays the Phoenix Suns, do you know what their strategy is going to be? What do you think their strategy is going to be? Oh, we've seen it, and we've seen what, what, what team—I mean, Dallas got physical Even with, with the Suns. Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, yeah. That, that's, that's where this whole conversation, I think, has gotten a little difficult for everybody around the Valley to wrap their head around, and I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it goes against what we are used to, to keep having this conversation of, okay, well, there's a problem with the Suns. Well, there's a problem. Okay, well, there's a problem. It'll all be fixed when one guy comes back. Yeah. That's, and not right. just it'll all be fixed like they'll be good. It, it, they're supposed to go from struggling to win any games right now to they will win the title because of one guy yeah. that has played three games ever here. And and those three games, by the way, were a win over Charlotte, a win over Chicago, and a close win over Dallas. Not they're undefeated, but it's yeah. it's it's not like it's not like they went through and beat Milwaukee in the finals two years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's so I think it's just difficult for everybody to wrap their head around one guy can take you from middle of the pack to win the whole thing. He can, though. That's what's tough. Right, he can. Um, But it's going to be a situation where it's just going to be because the Suns have more talent than a lot of uh, teams are going to play. They are going to try and out-talent, not out-physical. I honestly think that is where teams are going to come in and say, this is how we've got to play. We've got to play physically. I'm... You know, I've talked about this as well. There have been outside linebackers in the game of football that didn't have a reputation of being tough. So you know what the coach would tell you to do? He'd put the he'd put the red dot right on that guy who didn't have a reputation of being tough, and he'd he'd say to you, he'd look at you and say to you, You better hit him right in the face, Wolf. You better hit him right in the face. This guy hit him right I mean This is what they do. And I think, honestly, teams that play the Phoenix Suns, they know they're talented. Look at DeAndre Ayton and how talented D.A. is. Look at Chris Paul. Look at Devin Booker. And now Kevin Durant, ladies and gentlemen. Look how talented this team is on an individual basis. You got to hit them right in the mouth. Hit him right in the face, metaphorically speaking, of course. Maybe literally. That's going to be the strategy of every team the Suns are going to face in the postseason, in my opinion. 
And we'll see how KD holds up in that situation. We'll see how Chris Paul holds up in that situation. Do I hope they hold up? You better believe it. I love this team. I want to see the Phoenix Suns win it all. Yet at the same time, if you're playing against the Phoenix Suns, what are you going to tell your guys? Uh, If the Suns are at full strength, that's probably your only recourse is is to play physical. Exactly right. Uh, Is your bracket busted? Don't worry, Madness Maniacs. You still have a shot at $500. Just text Bucks to 620-620. We're going to send you a link to fill out your 16-team bracket. That's Bucks to 620-620. Sierra's No Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. All right, when we come back, World Baseball Classic Final is in about three hours. Actually, Merrill Kelly on the mound for Team USA. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tony Wolf, if you throw uh, World Baseball Classic into Google, right? First thing that comes up, sporting news story. Who is Merrill Kelly? <laughs> Are you serious? That's what it says. Who is Merrill Kelly? Team USA's uh, WBC final starting pitcher has had journeyman career to the Diamondbacks. You guys are like five years behind. <laughs> My goodness. Um, well, he's coming off a 200-inning season. And he had a three three seven ERA. That's who Merrill Kelly is. Yeah, that's the thing. What like, are you going to do about it? It's, it's not like he's. we only know about him here. Had a pretty good season last year. A really good season last year. Well, he is, uh, it sounds like, it has sounded this way for a couple days, going to start the uh, the final tonight. USA, Japan, Japan walked off. Mexico to get here last night. Mike Hazen joined us last week, Wolf, and we asked him about the World Baseball Classic because they have a few players in it. And what it potentially does for his players, if it complicates things for Tori Lovello at all, because he doesn't have all his players, but he took it certainly in the direction of what it could do for his players. I think it's an incredible experience. I think Alec Thomas playing in that game the other night at Chase Field with 50,000 people there. I think Jacob Steinmetz pitching last night against the Dominican Republic, yesterday afternoon against the Dominican Republic. Uh, There's so many little things. I think Merrill going out there representing Team USA, like, there is so in, on a different stage, one that doesn't get created all the time in the National League West or in any major league random, you know, um, uh, regular season game. Yes, I think it makes a huge difference. Um, it's an experience they wouldn't get otherwise. I think it's only positive for them to get to see that stuff because you know, when the next time you get to see it, you see it in the playoffs. Yeah. And so until you get there and until you experience something like that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of wondering what if, what would it be like? And the last time we had a game like like that was in 2017 in the wild card. And we still talk about that day. Oh, I remember that he's day. So right on. Yeah. So right on right there, honestly, to think about that. It is. It's about putting yourself in the pressure pod, as my old coach used to say. Put yourself in the pressure pod. I know the pressure pod. I was like, what's the pressure pod right there? Just put yourself in it <laughs> as often as is. you possibly can. Pressure is something that I'll never forget talking to Tony La Russa, the legendary manager, Tony La Russa, of course. And Tony La Russa said that he taught his guys to embrace pressure. This is something I've talked about over the, over the, the past couple of months. 
that Tony would actually talk about that, but it's so true. Put yourself in these situations where you've got to make pressure your friend and embrace it. Understand that it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. That it actually heightens your awareness as opposed to making you numb. You got to learn how to actually use that kind of pressure. That's what Tony used to talk about all the time. And I think that's what Mike Hazen is talking about as well. It's so true. Put yourself in the pressure pot. And that's what I think Merrill Kelly is doing. Well, yeah, this is the extreme of it, right? Whenever you believe the D-backs can make the playoffs, if part of this is, okay, Merrill Kelly will have something to draw on because he, he pitched in a World Baseball Classic. It's not just the World Baseball Classic. And you've seen the crowds for these games. I mean, these people are crazy about these games. Yes. It does feel like a bigger deal than it has been in past years. Maybe that's just my perception of it. But um, this, this isn't just him pitching in it. This is him starting the championship game of it for Team USA, too. Yes. Not like it would be that's really... That's a different kind of pressure, it, right? It is. It's a different kind of pressure. But let's just say the D-backs snuck in as a wild card this year. Merrill Kelly now will have tonight's game on some level to draw off of if he needs to. Maybe he doesn't need to, but if he needs to, he's not going to look around and be like, oh, there's 55,000 people screaming here yeah. for game one of, or game two, I guess it would be for him, of a playoff series against whoever. He will at least have had tonight's experience. Yeah. You know, it's so weird, too, when you think about it. What is, what is the worst kind of pressure? Is it knowing you're letting your teammate down, meaning you, the guys that you're really close to in the clubhouse, you're letting them down and letting your employer down when you know you're making millions of dollars to pitch? Or, or is it letting your country down? <laughs> what do you, I wonder if it's like, you know, what are you thinking of? Not only your teammates and letting them down, but when you're playing for your country, it changes everything. Having never played for my country, I feel like I feel like that would be the bigger one because at <laughs> least your teammates, you could talk to them and maybe work it out again. And they next know year. you. They know yeah. who you are and they know that this is the way that it goes. You're going to give them everything that you have, but sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Yeah. Period. Your whole country as a general rule letting your entire country down's not great. It just it feels like a tough thing to talk your way out of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have to agree with that. And that's why I love this for Merrill Kelly. I do, too. I love it because... What a, what a journey he has been on from pitching over in the Korean Baseball League a few years ago. Oh, I know. And because and, I've, I've said this before. I said it when we were out there at, uh, at, at spring training a couple weeks ago. I remember the first time I interviewed Merrill Kelly was out there filling in with Gambo before he had pitched for the D-backs. And just that guy's story from ASU to bouncing all over the world. He was just trying to catch on with a major league organization, even if that was like in the minors, right? And now he's pretty clearly their second best pitcher going into the season. It has been an uphill climb for Merrill Kelly. And I think he reached the peak, or at least the peak of his career thus far last year. Now, how crazy could this game get tonight? Here's uh, here's Jim, Jim Bowden talking about Shohei Otani and the role he could play. Shohei Otani will be in the lineup as a DH for Japan. However, there is an outside shot that he could pitch an inning if needed late in the game. Can you imagine Otani against Trout with the game on the line in the ninth inning? Uh, that would be the perfect script. How about those guys? Otani and Trout getting to play meaningful <laughs> games because they're never going to in the majors. That'd be awesome right there. Can you imagine if that happened? Um, first of all, it just you, you'd love to see Team USA roll like they rolled Cuba 14-2, to right? Yeah. 
You'd That'd love, be nice. You'd love to see them roll right now. Oh, by the way, just a reminder to everybody that is out there, we invented this sport. <laughs> just so you know. Are you sure? Because every time I feel like... You think somebody invented the sport? It's there's like some it ties back to like Canada or something. No, there is no tie back to Canada. Supposedly with football, there is what? Supposedly, you see that commercial during the Super Bowl? Listen, um, not with baseball. Baseball is pure American. No, baseball is pure America. Yes, Yes, we all know football came out of rugby. So you know, if you want to say that, I don't want to say anything. I'm just telling you. Although you could also trace hockey back to somewhere before Canada over in Europe too. Really? So, yeah, so nobody well, invented who anything. Knew you knew all this. Uh, well, stuff, I mean, right? you don't even this know if I know like what I'm saying. Of the, I know, the NFL, really? Um, that, that's based on a Dave Grohl commercial during the Super Bowl. So that, <laughs> that could be flawed logic right there. <laughs> okay, I'm not buying what I haven't you're done a ton right of now, research okay? right there. Right, but I do know this, audience. This country invented baseball. That is true. Here's uh, more from Bowden on the U.S. starting Merrill Kelly. On the other side, I talked to Mark DeRosa late last night. He said Merrill Kelly will start the game, but he's looking at this as a bullpen game for the USA. So you can expect to see at some point in the game, Ryan Presley, Devin Williams, David Bednar, and Jason Adam. But it is going to be exciting. There's no doubt in my mind that USA has the better lineup. There's no doubt in my mind that USA has the better bullpen. But my big concern to this game is what's going to happen in the first three innings. Will USA's pitchers be good enough in the first three innings to stop Otani, to stop Yoshida, to stop Marikami? Okay, but- <laughs> Isn't it weird to hear like, ah, oh, it's a bullpen game. <laughs> that was, who, who was that guy? Again? Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden. Thank you very much, Jim. We appreciate you coming here today and enlightening us. He basically should, he should have just stepped up to the microphone and said, the only weakness is Merrill Kelly. That's, that's kind of what it felt like um, right there. Boy, you know what? I'll take that all day long, Merrill. I'm pulling for Merrill tonight. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good way to make a name for yourself, because apparently pitching really well for an entire Major League season last year wasn't enough. <laughs> um, it's just, well, you know, hey, listen, this is going to be a great game. They got a better lineup, of course. They, they got the better bullpen. My only question is, like, oh, my goodness, that's bad. Thanks for the uh, support there, Jim. The... Uh, the phrase of a, of if it being a bullpen game though doesn't that conjure up the image if we're just trying to get through this one to the next one and get our our rotation back on track? I mean yeah. that's that's what it means in Major League Baseball, right? right. If it's a bullpen game, it's like oh you had a doubleheader thrown in there and your pitcher. That's <laughs> a bullpen game. Oh really? What game is it? The championship. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So good luck with that. Yeah. Anyway, that Let's starts go, starts in two and a half well, hours. Now I'm kind of I got my hair up on the back of my neck right now. And I hope it throws like a. No hitter or something. He's probably not going to go that long, but I hope he. I hope he doesn't give up any runs. Yeah, Jim, take that. Uh, text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, uh, we'll get back into the Cardinals and um, some thoughts from Michael Lombardi on the uh, on the DeAndre Hopkins situation that has not yet resolved itself. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, 
Well, we had the uh, the tweet from Ian Rappaport earlier today. Maybe indicated we wouldn't be that far away from a DeAndre Hopkins move. The exact tweet was, as the status of DeAndre Hopkins comes into focus, talks are ramping up among the interested teams. Sources say, similar to Brandon Cooks, a trade would likely mean an altered contract. But he has not yet been traded. Now, I mean, doesn't say anywhere in that tweet that it's going to happen within four hours. And that's basically how long ago he sent it out, Wolf. But it sure does feel like we are at that point where... um Honestly, past that point where Hopkins was going to be dealt to somebody else. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I thought that DeAndre Hopkins would have been traded uh, by now. Uh, The middle of March, as a matter of fact, is what I thought when the new league year kicked in. I thought there was a real chance he was going to be traded at that point in time. I know there is interest in DeAndre Hopkins. It all comes down to at what price. What price for D-Hop? And the problem is, when you say that, it's not only the compensation that the Arizona Cardinals are looking for, it's also the compensation that D-Hop is looking for. Well, that's that's what the second part of that tweet would indicate, and it, it also kind of brings up the... It, there's no way to get around this question. Is there any way that DeAndre Hopkins would be back here next year? And and I just don't. I, see I it. don't see it. I don't either. And I I fully am. am and in I the, could be wrong on that. I don't know, Dead man. wrong. I'm I'm fully of the mindset that you may have to settle for a second round pick, um, but that's going to be tough to swallow. And most of the rest of the football community seems to be of the mindset of you're going to be lucky to get that second round pick, and you're going to have to just accept less for him. And even with that, I just still can't imagine him coming back. I really can't. If you're going to tell me Byron Murphy doesn't fit what you're trying to do, you're going to tell me DeAndre Hopkins does? Yeah. And you're going to tell me DeAndre Hopkins believes he does? Yeah. You know, and here's the thing about it. How many teams are really in the running for D-Hop? How many teams are capable of absorbing a personality like DeAndre Hopkins? How many teams are, are are willing and able to do this right now? I think of the New York Jets. Uh, that is one team that a lot of people, they've whispered about. And the reason being is because of Aaron Rodgers, of course. I said his name. Sorry. I did. <laughs> That's we, we were doing so well. Um, I can smell the cheese already. But... Um, Number 12 from Green Bay. Um, why don't we just call him the Cheesehead? Because he doesn't want to be there. Okay, how about Toad Licker? <laughs> That's what you've I'll been calling him. Why don't you've been go, calling him that for six months. Toad Licker right now. You think, well, if you're going to get Toad Licker, you got to have somebody like D-Hop, actually, to bring him in. That'd be awesome. But I don't know if I necessarily see that happening. No. But it's funny because when you said how many teams are in the running for him, this is when, like, when I was if, if I was when I was a kid listening to sports radio, I would get mad at, at a statement like statement like that. So mad, apparently, I couldn't speak as an adult. Yeah. Um, every team would be better with DeAndre Hopkins on it, but yeah. that's but there's more to it than that, right? But see, here's the here's the thing: you're not going to acquire D Hop if you don't have Toad Licker. If you're the Jets, you, if you don't. Yes, yeah. right. You're not going to do that. Toad liquor or the Toad liquor? No, it's Toad liquor. That's okay. Um, it's you do give everybody nicknames. I, I know, and it's bad. But then think of the Baltimore Ravens. They also have been mentioned yeah. as a team that was interested in D Hop. 
Well, look at their quarterback situation. How in the world are they going to solidify anything with D-Hop? How are they going to do that when they don't know what they're doing with Lamar Jackson? Well, this goes back to that cut we had of Max Kellerman earlier where he said the biggest move of the offseason so far has just been Denver hiring Sean Payton because (laughs) number 12 in Green Bay is probably the biggest domino to fall and hasn't fallen yet. And Lamar Jackson is technically on Baltimore. Yeah, and, and technically. He, I guess probably will play the season with Baltimore, but it just, it kind of feels, well, not kind of, it definitely feels unresolved. Oh, he's got to play with Baltimore. He has to if he wants to get paid. Yeah. Now, he could choose to, that's, I'm not going to play. Oh, Le'Veon Bell style? Yeah, just, so I, Le'Veon yeah. Bell, there you go. I'm not, but that doesn't sound like Lamar. It doesn't. We could ask his agent, but he doesn't have one. Here's uh, Michael Lombardi <laughs> on the GM shuffle yesterday on why it's, difficult, more difficult than it should be to trade DeAndre Hopkins. There's things that you got to deal with. He wants a new contract. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to pay him more money? He's never really open, but he catches everything that's thrown to him. How? What, what kind of teammate is he? How does the locker room adapt? All those things to me make it very difficult for Monty to trade him. And Monty could trade him, but that's step A. Step B is how do you deal with the contract? Yeah, there it is. There it is right there. And that's that's the thing holding this up. And the the two teams, I think, really, that would benefit the most from signing DeAndre Hopkins, the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Those two teams right there. And if I had to pick one, it'd be the Chiefs. I tell you right now, if the Chiefs get DeAndre Hopkins, they are my pick to win the Super Bowl at the start of the year. And that's, I know, not going out on a limb since they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and they got significantly better in this Luke scenario. makes bold predictions. But I will make that prediction on March 21st and not change it over the but course of the right. season. That would be a big deal if you had a Super Bowl champion win back-to-backs. Come on. Yeah. That that just hasn't happened. The only thing that would stop them at that point would be injuries. Um, yeah, that definitely would be the case. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be something very interesting to watch watch unfold before us what team will surface or resurface in the form of bill belichick and the new england patriots because that has been rumored before that belichick really liked d hop and we all know that he does and respects him i just don't see that as a good fit i don't that's just me and i could be wrong on that the kansas city chiefs that's where i see this really working well, it, what's what's interesting about what he um, what what Michael Lombardi just said in that cut of of you know questions around DeAndre Hopkins? One of the first ones was he's never open, but he always catches everything. Oh, I love that. Which is it's that's so right on. What do I say about him that, all the time? That, exactly that. He doesn't have the blazing speed, but he catches everything. Um, here's a guy who does not have run by speed, yet he is a deep threat. Here's a guy that doesn't run good routes. But somehow, some way, he gets open. So if you're the Patriots... Here's a guy that even when he's covered, he's open, throwing the ball. Is that a good habit to get your young quarterback in? I mean, I am of the belief, like I said, of any team, any team out there, if they add DeAndre Hopkins, they are instantly better. But if you're talking about a specific fit for better for one team over another, if you have Mac Jones, yeah. now he has a guy he can throw to at all times because he always does catch the ball. Yeah. But at the same time, when he's trying to do that to his other receivers, it's not going to get caught. Right. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right about that. Yet at the same time, I think the only question Bill Belichick would have is, are you going to do what I tell you here? 
In other words, um, if I tell you to practice, you're going to practice, right? That's the only question I think Belichick would ask him. If you were going to do it, you would do it for Belichick. With all due respect over Cliff Kingsbury or Bill O'Brien, who was his coach in Houston. Like DeAndre Hopkins has been doing the not practice in the middle of the week thing for a long time and it works for him. Yeah. But if it if it were if he really wanted to go to the Patriots and Bill Belichick was like, Look, you're gonna have to practice all week. Yeah. If you were ever gonna do it, that's the coach you would do it for. We'll see. All right, uh, we come back, final segment of the show. We'll go around the National Football League and get you caught up on everything that doesn't relate to Green Bay and New York's quarterback. That's Tell next. Them, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final segment of the show. I'm looking up at uh, ESPN on one of the screens. I don't know if you've seen Kuyper's Mock Draft 3.0, Wolf. I'm not even sure if it's actually officially out yet. I have not. But I just saw on the screen that he does have in his most recent Mock Draft, the Arizona Cardinals trading the third pick to Indianapolis and moving down to number four. (laughs) Yeah, Mel. He's got it. We've got a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Why, Mel? Why, why, Why? Why would they do that when they're pursuing Lamar Jackson? Or want you to believe, Arizona Cardinals, that they're pursuing Lamar Jackson? Hey, listen, if you don't if you don't agree to us moving up to number three and you going to number four, if you don't like our compensation for that, we'll just go sign Lamar. <laughs> I is. love that. Knock it off. I don't think You need to get to number three, Jimmer say. You know it, we know it, everybody knows it. So most uh most mock drafts don't have the trades built in, right? Right. Some of them are starting to build the trades in. I know. None of them have and that in itself. Look, the mock draft itself is crazy. If you it's, go past like the first ridiculous. ten picks, if you start building trades in, it gets even more ridiculous. And then if you start, and I haven't seen anybody do this yet, start trying to build in and project what the compensation would be. That would be even more insane. But in this particular trade, I was I was looking to see if maybe he had done that because it's right at the top of the draft. Uh, he does not, but he has the Colts moving up to number three, and it says flat out Arizona's pick at number three is going to be coveted. It might now be the most important pick in the draft. That's uh, Mel Kiper's assessment of it. You know what? I I would remove the might, Mel. It is. That's why I'm I'm just saying right now. I I've got twenty bucks. Cold hard cash right now. <laughs> Throw it into the box. Wait, Who's wait what, is, what is what is the bet? I don't know. The bet is uh, I'm telling twenty bucks that this is a done deal that the Colts move up. Yeah, specifically the Colts. The Colts, of course. Twenty bucks to me. Uh, that's a lot of money right there. <laughs> I would I would take Son you of up a on truck it, driver. But I kind of think it's going to happen, and I want to. It is this going is, to happen. This is what. Well, see, but I want to take you up on it just because I know the BPI doesn't back you up right. on this one. It's no, different it does sport. not. But it is going to happen. I this want it is, to be the Raiders now, or whoever, just so it's not the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Can you imagine sitting there going, you know, oh man, we, you know, again, we 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 need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. Is there anyone else who needs a quarterback? Oh, everybody, well? everybody. Well, we know the first two teams: Carolina, of course, at number one. We know that Houston at number two. They're going to take quarterbacks. There's three quarterbacks we love in this draft. There are three, so. 
we'll be fine. We'll sit there at number four. We'll let the Cardinals draft Will Anderson at number three, right? Wrong. They know every team that needs a quarterback is going to move up to number three. It's, that's what Mel's saying. That's how twisted this gets. If you're the Cardinals, you want the perception to be, yeah, we'll draft Will Anderson if it's at number four. But if we're at number three, we'll trade it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is, right? You're more likely to get Will Anderson in this alternate reality if you move down a spot than if you just stay where you are. When does that ever make sense? Uh, a couple other the the notable picks he has, Tyree Wilson going 11th to Tennessee. But Wolf, listen to his top five, and this happens every year, it seems like. He has the Panthers taking C.J. Stroud, one. Okay. He has the Texans taking Bryce Young, two. Bryce Young. He has the Colts trading up to take Will Levis, three. Ooh, Obviously not knowing a little Will Levis. That he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, and that doesn't even seem to be in the scouting report right here. That I'm Pass reading. the barf bag. Uh, number four, Cardinals take Will Anderson. Okay, see, I love that. Number, I know you I do. Just, if you tell me the, the, the Cardinals get Will Anderson at number four, which means they get a little draft capital for moving back, that is, that is well played, Monty Fort. Number five, Seattle, Anthony Richardson. He has four quarterbacks in his top five. Wow. Here we go. This Here, is what happens. That's, that's right, it does. Every year, it's just it's an amazing thing right now. You need a franchise quarterback, and if you don't have a franchise quarterback, what are you doing? What are you? You're just out there playing with everybody else. That's the perception that is out there, and I think it's wrong-headed because you, you know just because you need this franchise quarterback doesn't actually make him a franchise quarterback. No, it doesn't. But I, I would say this: reading between the lines a little bit, this is not. This is not Mel Kuyper sitting at home and being like, who would I take if I was Seattle? Okay, I would do that. Like, there's some of that. But when you're talking about Mel Kuyper's mock draft, there's a lot of what he's hearing around the NFL grapevine. Oh, yeah. And some of it's lies. Some of it's misdirection, right? But when he's putting together his mock draft, he's not just sitting there going, well, this guy would fit on this team. And the, and the only reason I bring that up is because he's hearing clearly some version of teams want quarterbacks. Like, to the point where <laughs> Seattle would take one at five and the Colts would trade up. I mean, this is... Well, if, I'm, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm just waving this mock draft around. There's going to be four quarterbacks gone in the top five in Indianapolis. If you want to pick the guy you want, you better make a trade with us. Yeah. You know what's so interesting about this? Mel Kuyper is such a good dude, and he's been around so long. There are so many NFL executives that trust Mel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know that they can actually talk to Mel, and Mel's not trying to break a story. He's not trying to. He just he wants his little niche. That's what he wants. You go ahead and you tell me something so that I can put a mock draft together. I'm not going to say anything like the Dolphins told me that they want, you know, he's never going to do that. There are no names for the most part. Yeah. But he can say what I'm hearing. That's a, why they tell him. Is, a, is quarterbacks are moving up a lot of teams draft That's boards. why they tell him, because they know he's not going to reveal anything. It, it's not. He doesn't have Anthony Richardson to the Seahawks because the Seahawks told him, hey, we're going to take Anthony Correct. Richardson. But it's all I'm hearing from all these teams is they're getting calls. I'm moving up to get a quarterback, or this team definitely wants a quarterback. And all of a sudden, he has four quarterbacks in his top five. And they're more apt to tell Mel because Mel is Mel. <laughs> like, he's can't been argue. around forever. The guy's an icon. He truly is. He created a genre himself. (laughs) Mel Kuyper. Yeah.
here's Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry today talking about the Houston Texans and first of all what they might do in the draft. It seems general manager Nick Casario and new coach D'Amico Ryans are perfectly okay with staying put and taking a passer here. To me, Harry, that means that what we're hearing is that the Texans seem not to have a huge line in the sand between quarterback one and quarterback two in their mind. Like They've got to have two guys they're very comfortable with if they're comfortable staying at two and taking a quarterback there. So the other part with Houston, though, Wolf, is they went out and signed Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary both to one-year deals. Yeah. So that's a yeah, little odd. You know what, for me right now, the one-year deal, the one-year deal season is on right now because of those two signings. I know that there's there's been contracts where other people have signed already that were one-year deals based on onions. But those two guys in particular, Luke, to me, two guys that are really, really good. Um, Dalton Schultz, of course, an excellent tight end. Now, I, I don't think he's a great blocking tight end, but again, he's a good tight end. He's a good tight end. He signed for $9 million. And then you got Devin Singletary. Those two guys, one-year contracts. Singletary's getting paid under $4 million, if memory serves. Under $3.75 million is what he's getting. Those two guys are good football players, really good football players that signed one-year contracts. So it's on. The season of one-year deals, it's on. Singletary. Up to three point seven five million. Dalton Schultz up to nine million. Those are the, the two deals. Um, those are interesting to me because if you're Houston and you're signing one year deals, again through the scope of what we've been talking about with the Cardinals, those are guys you sign if you're Houston that like you're kind of going for it this year to bring in a Dalton Schultz. Not not going for it like hey we're going to win the Super Bowl, but nine million dollars for a tight end for one year. You are expecting to not go 5-12 and 12 at that point. And yet, you don't even know who your quarterback is because you don't yeah. know who Carolina's drafting at one and you have to take the other one. So why did Dalton Schultz, why did he go ahead and sign with the Houston Texans? I mean, they don't even know who their quarterback really is going to be, right? Why would you do that? Oh, I don't know. Is he paying you $9 million? Well, yeah. Maybe maybe that's the reason why. Um, it doesn't, it's not like Dalton Schultz is suddenly going to drop off the face of the planet in regard to tight ends in the National Football League. It's not like there wouldn't be an offensive coordinator or, for that matter, a general manager that would look at tape and say, man, Dalton Schultz, he really wasn't used very much with the Houston Texans. We should go get him. I think that's a real possibility. I think it's a smart thing to do. A one-year contract, and that's what the Arizona Cardinals have got to use. Smart for Schultz or for Houston? For Schultz. Because Houston's using the one-year contract, but there's, those are Singletary's not like a huge name. Schultz is a pretty big name among tight ends. So yeah, they're using no, the one-year right. contract for big-name players. I, yeah, they are. And why is that? Maybe because they have the cap room to actually do it. And I know they do have a ton of cap. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks to Jesse Morrison, Lauren Koval behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up uh, right here next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.